Hello, good evening. Welcome to another uh, live show of the BCSN Sports Wrap. I'm Brian Fulford. That's A.D. Drew. It's a pleasure to be on with you tonight as we kind of look back on the past week of news, information, and things going on on the HBC landscape and then maybe give a little peek ahead to what's upcoming uh, want to make sure if you are watching us, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you're watching us on Facebook, do us a favor. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button, hit the uh, like uh, button there. Make sure you're subscribed to our channel there, the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page there. We are a part of the Black College Sports Network, which is uh, a part of Jericho Broadcasting Network, Broadcast Network, excuse me. And... Um, <clears throat> You can uh, download the uh, JBN app right there. If you see in the top right corner, if you're watching us on the Google Play and Apple App Store, my JBN, my BCSN is how you search for it. But more importantly, we'd appreciate you just going on and and following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at my BCSN one, the number one, whichever in all platforms that you like to use. And uh, then I'll. I'll give a little reminder about our BCSN pod zone. I didn't want to hit you guys with all of the, all of the features. Drew, how you doing? You look a little barren back there behind you. What's how you doing today? So you wrong for that. <laughs> if I want to say, if I want to say anything to you right before the, oh crap, then I say it right when uh, we were getting ready to go on. You didn't notice that. You didn't notice it. You didn't, no, no, I noticed I, it. I, I noticed. I know what it ha- what happened is my. The hook that was holding my HBCU poster up behind me came out the wall on whatever the last time I was on the air, right after I got off the air. And I just forgot to put it back up. And as we get ready to go on the show, I'm like, oh, crap, I ain't put that picture back up. So anyway, I might I might be able to get it during break, during our first break. I feel naked, man. I feel naked without that behind. Well, you know what doesn't what doesn't help is there's no contrast happening right there. You got on a black shirt. Um, uh oh, you just hit a button. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> you, see, uh, you have a black shirt on. See, you're just all flustered right now. You, you hit a. You, you, you know, I'm making fun of you. You got on a black shirt. You are. You know, some for some reason your light your lighting contrast is off. That's it. That, that's all I'm going to say. So right. hopefully we'll get that fixed here. 
in the next Keep commercial. Talking. You tried to send us to a commercial break. I saw that. I don't, don't think I didn't recognize that you tried to send us to a quick commercial break, but I'm not going to let you have it. I'm going to make you stay. I'm going to make you sit there for, for at least another 15 minutes. <laughs> I got a trick for you. This is why I keep. This is why I keep. I got a trick for you, Brian. Keep talking. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! Don't you dare put me on the. Oh, there you go! Wow. But I still hear you. Uh, Well, hey, want to give an early shout out to the folks already jumping in on YouTube. Tamara T, Walter Harley, uh, already excited about the spring football games. Definitely baseball and softball news to talk about. Mary 305, Jeremiah Clark, Edwin Moore. Uh, appreciate you guys jumping in early. Uh, yeah, uh, big news. Spring spring football uh, was the big topic over the weekend. I, I'm going to – true confession here. See, you're making a lot of noise. See, that that's the problem. Even though the box is black – you are making noise back there. I don't even know if you can hear me right now. So anybody, I, hear you. I might be talking. Oh, okay. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. Because uh, I was about to talk some smack. But anyway, spring football. And I'm, I'm true confession here. Uh, obviously, I was in Tallahassee for the orange and green game uh, watching Florida A&M. Uh, and hopefully, if you didn't get a chance to watch our brief pre-show uh, on Saturday morning, you, you might even start seeing some clips. Uh, my co-host, Kelvin Rozier, and I uh, did some stuff with HBC Game Day, who uh, our, our good friend Vaughn Wilson um, was, was at the game. So he was nice enough, nice, nice enough to invite us into the, uh, the HBC Game Day tent. And so we had some good convo after the game. Um, you're being loud over there. Uh, and then, and then uh, so... You know, we, we'll have a show on Wednesday. Those of you not familiar with the ONG Strike Zone, we'll be talking a lot about that game uh, from some various angles. But exhausted is the word. I, I drove from Orlando very early in the morning, about 4.30 in the morning to, to Tallahassee. Then, you know, we're there for, for that amount of time. It was hot, uh, as hot as it was for people in the stands. It was just as toasty on the field. I could smell the burnt rubber pellets from the field turf uh, at certain times when the wind wasn't blowing. So needless to say, by the time your boy was done with the day, and then I went over to the softball park. I, I tried to watch a little softball. We got we were down 5-0 in the second game of a doubleheader that day in like the third inning. I said, I can't do it. I can't take any more. Uh, good, to, good to hear that they actually came back and fought to a tie before weather delayed the game for Sunday, to Sunday, I should say. But anyway, all that to say, by the time I hit the bed or got somewhere where I could sit down on a bed, which was about 8.30-ish, 9 o'clock, your boy was out. I was gone. And I don't even – I, I might have thank, – thank goodness where I was driving had, like, curves and – because I really had to pay attention. But I, I could have – just stopped and pulled over somewhere and fallen asleep. But I, you know, people say that's not a good thing to do. So anyway, I, <laughs> I just, um, I, I slept for about 10 hours. It don't want to stay up. Drew. It doesn't want to stay up. You need some new tape, but anyway, I, about 10 yeah, hours I of sleep. Up. So I- anybody who's a, a content producer over the last day, 24 hours, uh, I, you know, God bless you. 
keep them in your thoughts because they are tired. Any content that you see coming out uh, today is because they didn't sleep and maybe they just put on a pot of coffee and got back to their studio or home and uploaded content because, I mean, it's exhausting. Excuse me. Very exhausting. So, yeah, I, I appreciate you, Edwin. He is keeping up a lot of noise back there in the background. I don't think he can help it uh, with, with all the tape and stuff. But anyway, what I want to hear, and look, so it, it's hard for us to kind of see what everybody was doing. So I'd love to hear from you guys who were in uh, the chat. How did your team look? You know, what what did you like? What did you dislike? from your school and i mean there were a host of schools that had spring games uh i'm gonna try to find my list uh that i had that i had set up for myself of who had spring days i'm gonna try to go off the top of my head here uh i know obviously alabama state jackson state north carolina central um who else there had were 15 spring schools, game? Brian. There were 15 schools. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to play the game of naming them, but there were 15 schools. Um, so I, I, I just really, I'll get back into it. I'm curious to see, you know, who did, who did what, who, uh, who, you know, it's going to take about a good week. When you have 15 but, schools that have we had spring miles. Game, we had Miles on the Black College Sports Network. Don't forget about that. We did. We had yes, we had Miles. So there's one uh, school that had theirs um, this weekend. Uh, Alabama A and M. No, that was uh, was Alabama A and M this weekend, or that was last weekend. I think that was last weekend. Uh, but uh, I'll try to. I'll, we'll, we'll try to go through all of the schools that had. You know, there's uh, we're not. I'm not gonna try to break down everybody. I know Texas Southern had theirs uh, as well, but uh, I, I think we we do want to touch on it, and we're gonna try to bring in some guys, uh, probably not this show, but even the next show, to just really look at what we saw. Uh, the transfer portal opened yesterday, so. A lot of guys who are going to make some decisions based on their performance from the spring game, uh, maybe lack of playing time, lack of, lack of stature. Uh, I, I'm just looking here on uh, HBCUsports.com, seeing a note here that Jackson State wide receiver Willie Gaines entered the transfer portal. Uh, he was a transfer from Dodge City. Uh, he finished 22, 2022 season with 27 receptions for 446 yards, scored five touchdowns, also led the team with 169 punt return yards on 21 attempts. Uh, he has two years of eligibility remaining. Uh, Gaines is now the fourth Jackson State receiver from last season to enter the portal along with Kevin Coleman, Travis Hunter, Shane Hooks. Uh, and then you had Dallas Daniels declare for the draft. So that's five key receivers. Uh, you also, your quarterback gone. And then uh, you're still looking for a decision from Savion Wilkerson. 
so you you have an ent- a really interesting look, new look for the defending SWAC champions, and and I and I mention all of that because they're the SWAC champions, not because of other stuff. I'm you know I, I can you can save all that, but just from a pure football perspective, your champions are going to look different this year. They it will be an entirely different team that comes down to Miami for the opening uh, game against Florida A&M, which is a conference game, uh, SWAC East matchup. Uh, new coach as well. So uh, a, a lot of eyes will be on Jackson State from that perspective, just to see who fills in all of those positions. You know, um, so that that's uh, one big headline that, uh, that I just came across. I think Tennessee State also had their spring game. Um, just kind of taking a peek here. Uh, Howard, I believe Howard had their spring game as well. So a, a lot of interesting things to uh, to kind of look forward to. Drew, if I I, I know you you don't uh, you don't subscribe and you don't drink the tea from the spring football bonanza that some of us do. But, uh, who, are, who, are, who are maybe a, a, a school or two that you are interested to see what they will look like in the fall and, and why? Uh, number one is going to be Bethune. Mm, okay. Giving the drama that surrounded Bethune since the end of last season. Definitely want to see whether they are competitive. Because let's remember, pre-pandemic, Bethune was a very good football team. It asked anybody in green and orange how good Bethune was. So can Bethune get back to the Bethune that we know and not not too good, competitive good. We don't want to get back to we don't want to get back to the Bethune of the teams. Not at least not for the last game of the season, but for the other games of the season, yeah, we want to see the Bethune, see if they can get back to the Bethune of the, the teams. Morehouse similar situation. Late naming a head football coach, so. When you're late naming the head football coach, how does that affect recruiting and things like that? Miles would be another one. Sam Shade came in late last year to the mix at Miles. Now he's had opportunity to get the season under his belt. It's going to bring in a recruiting class. Miles only won one game. You're talking about a power for the past decade in the SIAC. So there, there is another one that I uh, really want to see. Bowie State. Bowie State. You know, David Wilson left to go to Morgan State. Let's see what Bowie State can be. Will they return to that prominence role, or is this Virginia Union's? division now up in the north, especially with Shawan now going to the 
whatever conference that they went to. Speaking of Morgan State, David Wilson, opportunity to recruit. Let's see if he can add playing with someone else's players. We saw he was able to wreck shop and uh, create a little havoc in the MEAC last year. Let's see what the build is when he starts getting his players in and getting them under his belt. So uh, I, I, I just went through five teams, Brian. I don't want to sit here and hog up the mic. But there are questions for each and every team. You know, is Tyler Bacon go, that dude, like they say he is that dude for, for Alcorn? Because the Alcorn State team was probably a, a quarterback away from being the winner in the West. Southern. Mm-hmm. Has, has Southern solved their quarterback issue? Because mm-hmm. Southern, as as great of an offensive mind as Eric Dooley was, couldn't get the quarterback situation right last year. And mm-hmm. Southern was that good of a football team. They won in spite of their quarterback last year. Yeah. Alcorn could not win without a quarterback. And they didn't need a superstar quarterback. They needed a serviceable quarterback. Speaking of quarterbacks, and I'm going to leave you on this one, Brian. With Shadur Sanders now playing for the Colorado Buffalo, will Andrew Body solidify himself as the best quarterback in the SWAC? Because he's the front runner as of right now. Is he? Or will, based on, uh, just based on the returners. Is he? He wasn't all. He wasn't all. He wasn't all. He wasn't an all swag quarterback last year, was he? Of the returning quarterbacks, not, not counting transfers. I'm. 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 I'm look, I'm, don't make me go. Who would somebody you, tell me? Who? I mean, I, I, oh, we're not talking about the return. Not the, not the transfers. Not the freshmen. Who okay. would you? Who would you have rated above body in the swag? That's a question. Put it. I'm putting it out there. Well, because we don't, because we are all because we don't. You're asking. I'm putting it out. I'm putting it out there where we we can ask. But body, if you give body a line, and and not have him trying to run for his life and be Superman all the time, he may actually be that dude. He might actually be a Damian Richard type quarterback. Okay, so. I'm going to be that guy. Uh, I'm, I'm wearing black, so I, you know, I'm going to try to take off my orange and green cap for a second. But I will and say, I was trying not to be a, I was trying not to be a homer when I put that comment out, Brian. But, but no, I, I get it, and it's a great conversation piece. It, it, it's going to bring up a lot of uh, conversations because you have the, you have the talent. And the uh, reputation that Andrew Body has given over two years, but Andrew Body was not the second team All SWAC quarterback. It was Correct. the guy in Tallahassee. Correct. So I, I just you know when I, when we talk about when we start getting into the discussion of returning quarterbacks, it should start with those two guys. Now um, I was listening to uh, to uh, as I was driving back, I was listening to uh, Scotty's show uh, on my 
his post game stuff and and he was mentioning that Andrew Body is dealing with some health issues might be uh, there's no you know I guess uh, from the report that he said that he had started lifting uh, was supposed to be trending towards possibly being able to participate in fall and might be there to start of the season. I'm sort of paraphrasing that last part, but that's what I kind of got out of it. So we don't even know for sure if he will be ready to go in week one. But there seems to be optimism from the re- the report that uh, uh, Scotty had had mentioned. Uh, so we saw Jeremy Musa on Saturday. You know, I'm not going to get into breaking him down, but when we start talking about returning quarterbacks in the SWAC, that's where it starts. But I think overall in HBCU, it, it stops and ends with Davius Richard. That's where we start. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of a little controversy as to whether he was the best quarterback in HBCU football last year. Uh, I know Shador won the won the award. Uh, Davius won the game, <laughs> so you know I, I, I just, and and the, and the trophy and the title and all this that comes with it. So this is a this is a put some respect on his name year for Davius Richard. So I am going to be very conscious about starting and stopping all of my conversations with him first. And Drew, I will also say you just talked about questions that teams have. I'm going to flip it. How about the team that comes in with the fewest questions? And I think that starts with North Carolina Central. You know what I'm saying? I I think, I mean, because it's, and I think, uh, again, because a lot of people are going to talk about it, I think Florida A&M is going to come in as a team with the fewest questions. At least Uh, in the swag. At least in the swag, right. And what I'll be interested to see the noise that comes from the SWAC in terms of black college sports is loud. It's not always as loud from the MEAC because you got six schools there. Uh, you don't have A&T there anymore. So uh, I, I really will be interested to see, can North Carolina Central get the love going into the start of the season that they deserve? See, I don't want to – I'm just being me here. I don't want too many people crowning Florida A&M at the beginning of the season, okay, uh, because they didn't win a SWAC championship, okay. Um, they haven't beaten Jackson State, the defending champs, two-time defending champs, okay. So all of the love at the start of the season needs to start with Coach Trey Oliver, Davius Richard, uh, and, and and some of those other names, names that uh, I, I will admit I, I don't know uh, off the top of my head, but I will familiarize myself more with them as the weeks and months go. And that team in general, it starts with North Carolina Central. And then we go to picking up who's two, three, four, who's the next one to talk about, blah, blah, blah. But interesting watch drew it'll be why and everybody else i'm telling you now watch and see who do the prognosticators who do other folks in these hbcu football landscapes 
give the early praises to. Because again, I think the SWAC is the loudest guy in the room because he's got 12 schools behind him. <laughs> you know, you can't help be loud when you got twice as many as another conference and every other conference. But just because you're the loudest doesn't always mean you're the best. And we found that out many years in December. Have we not? Uh, December? What about <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Labor, Labor Day weekend. Yeah, we find that out too. Uh, who is the, by the way, who is the uh, Miak Swag Challenge game this year? Do you know off the top of your head? Jackson State, South Carolina State. Ooh, okay. Man, that's going to be, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Uh, oh, wow. Edwin Moore. Are you, are you serious, Edwin Moore? You're early. Is this way too early? Top 10. Is that what you just put out there? Or they, or he's top 15. And are we talking football, Edwin? Good Lord, man. All right. That's an interesting list. We'll look at that. Um, let's take a short break, Drew. Quick two-minute break. Come back, hit you up with something I found really interesting regarding two conferences and their scheduled media days. We'll talk about that and more right on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap with Brian and AD. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplified Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplified Development Services. Major, 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 This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here, the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU sports 
one broadcast at a time. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. From novice to official. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap, Brian and AD here. I uh, want to remind everybody to check out the BCSN Pod Zone. It's where we aggregate all of the shows that appear on the Black College Sports Network on a weekly basis. You can find them on the BCSN Pod Zone everywhere you listen and download podcasts. That's Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Google, iHeartRadio, you know, so on and so forth. So uh, just to kind of quickly go back, uh, yeah, uh, Edwin was was stating, okay, so those are your interests. Uh, Southern Jackson State, Grambling, Preview, Alcorn, top five, very swag heavy. Um, Yeah, that's, uh, you know what, I – Area of interest. I'm I'm curious uh, for the rest of you guys out there. Uh, drop your top five. Who are your top five besides your school? I mean, but now if your school is legitimately one of the top five, go ahead. But I, you know, just curious. Who who are you? If, if your school, if it's your school, give us six. If your school is in your top five, no. give us another. I want to see the other five schools that they are interested in. All right, in. all right. Uh, just okay. I found the list here. 
Uh, thanks to HBCU Sports putting a nice little aggregate list together of the spring game. So what we had yesterday from the SWAC, we had Alabama State, Florida A&M, Jackson State, Texas Southern uh, all yesterday. Uh, from the MEAC, uh, everybody in the MEAC with the exception of Delaware State had theirs yesterday. Tennessee State had theirs yesterday. Uh, over in the SIC, you had Allen University, Lane. We mentioned Miles, which uh, we uh, did. And then over in the CIA, CIAA, Elizabeth City State, Virginia Union. There still seems to be a lot. I mean, now there's 12 schools that play football in the CIAA. But it's like, do we know? You know, There's really only about four. The list is what? True. Really only uh, schools wow. Wow. Twelve schools 82, play football. But four schools are in the football business. Heavy, heavy SIC bias there. Uh, but anyway, the CIAA, I don't have the list is very incomplete. Virginia Union, Virginia State, Bowie State, Fayetteville State. Navy another school that's in the football business. Wait a minute, give me that four again. Virginia Union, Virginia yep. State, Bowie yep. State. Fayetteville yep. State. Who else is yep. in the football business? I, I think the folks in Winston-Salem State might might this is, uh this this is not this is not 2015, Brian. Well hell, that was only six, seven years ago. I mean it's this, not like this, that was a and, decade. Hadn't even been a full not, decade. This is not 2015 when Winston-Salem was the winning this division two HBCU. This is a whole other decade. Since the twenties have come along. Winston-Salem, the numbers show it. Since the 20s have come along, Winston-Salem has gone back to the pack like like everybody else. All right. I, I know we we know some, I, wait, some I, I, Rams, and, 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 and they, would, they and might disagree. Or, I don't know. They may, they, may they may agree. I don't know. Until last year, you could put Tuskegee in that same category as Winston-Salem State. Because Tuskegee was the number two winning this team in the in the 2010 but, but as soon as the 20s came along tuskegee hadn't done anything until last year all right uh so we're still we're still waiting to see maybe the rest of the ciaa is having theirs this upcoming weekend uh this upcoming weekend the 22nd is when you will have uh morehouse kentucky state central state You'll have uh, Delaware State, as I mentioned, in the SWAC. You have Prairie View, Bethune Cookman, UAPB, and Grambling will have their uh, spring game, and then maybe the rest of the CIAA. I, I don't know. I'd love, I'd love for that list to be completed somehow, some way by somebody. If you guys out there know those dates, uh, let us. Let us know. Um, I saw uh, there's a couple other notes in there that uh, you guys in the chat rooms are bringing up, which I, I definitely want to touch on and bring up. But let me go to what I kind of teased a little bit regarding media days coming up. Uh, the two big conferences in Division One, the SWAC and the MEAC, SWAC first and the MEAC released their scheduled dates for media days. Now, Usually, traditionally, I, and I'm just going the last few years, okay? I'm not going to go, you know, deep, deep back. You know, let's just say since since the SWAC has been a 12-team league, 
they have had their media day kind of in the middle of July. Uh, it's usually been the f- uh, not the first because I think like the CIAA will happen to get theirs off, or not the SIC it's will happen to get theirs off first. It's usually around the twenty something the swag given the calendar, maybe the nineteenth, maybe the twenty first, twenty second, somewhere else. Yeah, you know, yeah. Third third week in July is kind of about when they've been doing it, and they've been doing right. it before the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference. That's that's something that has happened. The MEAC has sort of waited until right maybe a week they, they've always been late camp start yeah well this year that's gonna that's gonna change um the SWAT had announced previously that the 2023 football media day will be on tuesday july 5th 10 o'clock central at the sheraton birmingham which is where it's been the last two years did you say july um, 5th July twenty fifth. Oh, twenty fifth. You, okay. you may not have heard the twenty. I didn't hear the two. I was like, you yeah. saw something different than I did. If you said on July fifth, no, July twenty five, <laughs> July twenty fifth, ten a.m. Central. That's eleven Eastern. Um, that's when they've had. It'll be interesting to see. The last two years, it's been streamed live on ESPN. Um, it was streamed live the year. Before Coach Prime, um, we'll see how where it gets streamed after Coach Prime. Um, plus, you know, three <laughs> plus three, right? Uh, but but uh, it's ESPN interesting because ESPN this three. year, this year, the MIAC will be holding their football day, uh, the 2023 Football Media Day, presented by Wells Fargo. On Friday, July 21st at Hilton, Norfolk, uh, the Main, which is off of Main Street in Norfolk. So the MEAC is going before the SWAC, which really I I think is a I think it's good that these are two relatively close days. It gives us an opportunity to travel to Norfolk. On Friday, uh, maybe you know, enjoy the taste of Norfolk. Go to Virginia over Beach. the over the Saturday. Go to Virginia Beach, then get on a plane on Sunday and head over to Birmingham uh, and and get to Birmingham Sunday, Monday, whatever, and get set up and be out the door back home Tuesday night. Uh, so it it, it really is a nice opportunity for hopefully more black college media to attend the MEAC and then travel over to Birmingham. What do you, what do you make of the schedule change, Drew? Any interest? Does it, does it, uh, does it resonate in any way as a good move by, by either? Because, you know, I think it's interesting that the SWAC is kind of going when they're going on July 25th. Cause I think that's a week later than they than they normally do or would have yeah it's, it's almost like they flip-flop weeks schedules yeah that, mm-hmm. that, that july 25th week or that final week of the month let's say that has traditionally been the b week but the b has is still sticking with that friday 
which I also find interesting because the BIAC has been known to do their event on a Friday, which is probably a good thing because let's, let's be real, y'all. Most of us in this HBCU media space have nine to fives. We do this in our spare time. So it's very feasible for us to take to get a three-day weekend to go cover a conference versus having to cover a conference on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, which may also be the reason why the SWAC moved theirs from the middle of the week to a Monday grind. Once again, easier for people to take that Monday off versus it's usually been on like a Wednesday or a Thursday. Oh, you shaking no, your no, finger? No. No. Uh, July 25th is a Tuesday. Okay, it's a Tuesday. They, 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 throw that argument out. <laughs> it would have been better. It would have been better if that would have been on a Monday, though. I'm still holding out for the SWAC to do a two day. I, I think there is legitimate. I, I think there is enough for the SWAC to do two days. For example, I think the SWAC could do a Monday and Tuesday. Now, cost should be factored in, but I'll throw this in. Hey, you know, in doing a two-day, why not do a two-day where the SWAC maybe do the first half of the day with football and bring the second half of the day with maybe volleyball? Or same side, other, like other fall east, sport. Yeah, same. East on east football in the morning, east volleyball in the afternoon, and exactly. Yeah, I mean east east football. Uh, you know, Monday, for example, Monday, July twenty fourth would be be east football, followed up by volleyball later in the afternoon. Uh, then you go Tuesday the twenty fifth would be the West Day. We would all be there. No, uh, we would stay the only, for two days. We would stay for problem. two days. What's what problem? Yeah. What problem do you have? What? The, the only problem I would have with that, Brian, is whichever conference goes second with your proposal, and whoever's volleyball is on that second day is going to get left out because you know as well as I do, everyone will book their flights. As soon as football had to play. Okay, so let me flip it. Let me flip it. The morning, the morning session, in the morning section, morning session volleyball. After lunch, which they do serve lunch. After lunch, then we're bringing in football. Now, where are you going? Okay, that that, that where are you going? Oh, You're going nowhere. The second day. What you, I would you do, can I would leave go, out. you can fly out at nine o'clock at night. Day, day eight o'clock. I would go football, volleyball. Day two, I would flip it. Go volleyball, football. Okay. Whatever you got to do, make day two football. football. Day two after lunch football. Because you, know, you, know pe- you know people are going to be there for the start of football. Because if you put volleyball right. in the morning, nobody's going to show up until lunchtime. So you got to bookend right. it with football. Right. Um, I hope Andrew Roberts is listening to this. That's a, that's I, a freebie, um, Mother Roberts. Well, look. Hey, look. I mean, we, we talk about right. this all the time in terms of promoting and growing growing your other sports because I think there is a a a real apathy I'm looking for the right word 
apathy among SWAT Nation fans when it comes to non-football. And so the biggest challenge that not only the conference, but all athletic departments have to face is getting the same group of people who are interested and passionate about your football and hopefully your school and your school athletic programs. Get them excited and showcasing. I think the biggest thing people don't know you don't know who the volleyball players are. You don't know who – look, look. I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I say it with love. FAMU just won the SWAC regular season championship in, 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 in tennis with a young squad. I don't think many people know those young ladies. We don't, get it, we don't see them live. You know, we we get to, we get a chance. I mean, they have a, a young lady on the cheerleading squad who went viral, you know, two months after the actual video ran out. So we kind of know her name. But for a lot of the sports, people don't know. So give the media, give various media outlets the opportunity to help you promote and tell the interest stories about. Because once we learn about our athletes, we care. And I'm not going to lie, Drew, we, we do a lot of interviews on our show. You know that. And when we talk to these athletes, we get a chance to hear their story, their backstory. Man, how do you not fall in love and want to support them more? Right? And so if we're talking about bridging the gap in a world where NIL is a very real challenge for all of our schools. And it's something that our HBCU schools are falling really behind in. Let's not wait. To, I mean, how are you going to know about wanting to support someone in L when you don't even know who's on the program? We, we've done shows where we brought on for I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm speaking to a couple of young ladies that we brought in from softball. From our show, they ended up with some NIL opportunities. You know, so I know it works. And every show should be doing out there. You know, I know, you know, I know, uh, uh, you know, so I I don't know. That's just that's just a thought that I, I think it's an opportunity that I would love for us to take advantage of. And I say us, and I'm speaking as a member of the HBCU Pro Sports Media Association, uh, someone who covers a particular school. And I know you guys are doing that. I know Jeremiah Clark does that with Jackson State. You know, I know everybody else. I know Fangs Up does that. I, I, and, and so we we got to tell these people stories and these kids stories. There's some amazing student athletes at our schools, guys. There's some amazing, doing some amazing things. We just, we don't know. We don't know about it. And if, so I'll, I'll get out the way. Go ahead, Drew. I got, I got one more idea to add into your proposed schedule, Brian. Since we're going to have everyone there for two days using your model, that first night, give it this year's schedule, a uh, Monday night, let's have the red carpet, my brother. The red carpet gala. I've heard other people. And I'm stealing this straight from Charles Edmund because he was the first person who I heard this idea from. Okay. Okay. So we saw the fashion show last year for Media Day. We saw what Jackson State wore. We saw what Grambling wore. We saw what, what Southern wore. 
Let's just have let's just have a whole red carpet on that night. And if you bring in football and volleyball, now in addition to seeing the guys in their suits, you get to see the volleyball players in their in their gowns and dresses and everything else as part of a red carpet. That would give people something to do also on that evening. Um, interesting question here, Drew, that I, that I see uh, from Edwin Moore, um, where he says he's gotten the vibes that the SWAT coaches feel the media day interrupts their preparation for the season. Really? I don't – that that would be – Practice I mean, hasn't even started yet. At, at that point, right. I mean, at that point, there should be probably a week or two where you and your coaching staff are probably getting away from each other, maybe getting away from school because you guys are about to spend some long hours together. I, 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 I would be – that's shocking. I, I had never heard that sentiment before. Um, it is a necessary evil of the business. I went, well, we, let's change the narrative. Let's not call it an evil. Let's just say it's a ne- – when you talk about promoting your program, um, it's one of those necessary duties of the job. Okay. One of those necessary duties of the job is to be out, be there, and promote uh, the program. Your institution. Uh, it brings me to uh, I'm gonna I'm that's a good transition. Let me transition to this story <laughs> that we talked about offline, Drew, and how it's an interesting relationship uh, uh, thing as it relates to coaches and promoting um just this past week villanova university uh now that's located in philadelphia uh they of course won a multiple basketball championships with uh the former coach uh jay Ooh, he was on the cbs broadcast jay wright. remember his name jay wright jay wright jay wright right, right. jay wright uh, and actually, the Villanova women's program is not too bad. They just had a young lady who was like the leading scorer in the nation. Uh, but on earlier this week, their uh, vice president and director of athletics created a new position, which they called general manager of basketball. And they named uh, a former associate head coach Baker Dunleavy, who is related, I believe, to the Dunleavy's uh, that you're probably more familiar with through the through the NBA uh, might be might be a son of one of them. Um, but they created this new position called the general manager of basketball. And so I'm reading right here. I'm just going to read right off of this. So bear with me here. The general manager will support uh, they have their they have an endowed position for the basketball coach. That's crazy. Uh, the William B. Finneran endowed men's head coach Kyle Neptune and women's head coach Denise Dillon in managing a myriad of responsibilities that impact both programs, 
including opportunities and education around name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal, student athlete brand building, and marketing, and advancing institutional fundraising in partnership with university advancement. The general manager will report directly to the vice president and director of athletics. Uh, quote reads, the, the dramatic changes in college basketball over the past seven years have brought new challenges and forced us to collectively think differently. I believe the, correct, uh, the creation of the GM role, particularly with uh, Baker Dunleavy at the helm, positions Villanova well competitively for the future. It will allow Villanova to be even more forward thinking and bring an innovative and seasoned perspective to the ever-evolving college basketball landscape. Most of all, uh, Baker is a wonderful person, great Villanova, blah, blah, blah. We're thrilled to welcome him, blah, blah, blah. Um, wow, Drew. A new, a new position, whereas coaches used to be in charge of these kind of things. Now Villanova being forward-thinking enough and smart enough to say, you know what, this is a lot to ask our coaches. You know, just like maybe what EA, uh, what Edwin was talking about, it, it may, is it a lot we're asking our coaches to do? And think about football. You know, we're talking, that's basketball, right? 15 athletes. Now we're talking, think about football. And I, I think about, I'm just thinking about what I've seen Willie Simmons at Florida A&M create where he's, he, he has a football operations person. Then he was able to get a director of recruiting. And those two individuals have helped grow the program by leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. Is that something other programs are doing? So, I mean, what's your, what are your thoughts? Is the role, is the potential of creating these general manager positions, almost running your college program like, guess what, Drew? An NFL franchise? An NBA franchise? I mean, that's that's where things are getting. I, are, can HBCUs find themselves positioned to be able to do something similar? What's your thoughts? Can you find the funds to facilitate this. Now, finding the funds can be done two ways. You could put that person in the position and they, as they're going out and creating opportunities and funding for the institution and the, the individual student athletes, they are able to show their value and bring in those funds. You know, if you're making $500,000, for uh for your institution then that justifies your salary of i'm just gonna say fifty thousand dollars just to make it simple so that justifies it because we're still 450 to the good that's 450 we would not have had before or b does your university have funds already there to take care of this person so they can go out and do this and do this job Irregardless, you're going to have to figure out a way to quantify it. Now, for the recruit, they look at this as an opportunity to have an advocate for me going out there and getting 
deals for me, i.e., almost like an agent. And for those who are good enough, so the only question I have, Brian, these young men and young women are able to hire an agent for NIL opportunities. Will there be a conflict between that student's agent and that new general manager? What we see, just like we see on the professional level, where we see contract holdouts and things of that nature. <laughs> what, what will be that trigger at the collegiate level, given the parameters that they're able to deal with? Because the kids can have agents. Now you have the general manager being the intermediary. And all, but here's the thing. Yeah, I think that's going to help the relationship between the player and the coach because now they're not negotiating directly with each other. All that stuff gets handled behind closed doors, all the cussing and fussing or whatever needs to be done. Why the player thinks they NIL value should be more, they should be able to get this as part of the NIL package and everything. Let let those other people come out and figure it out and come back with the final proposal. Because when you go through negotiations, Brian, feelings can get hurt in the negotiation. Sometimes they get hurt to the point where they may not be may not be repair, repairable to the level as the relationship was before you went through that negotiation. Nothing good, nothing bad, but somebody is overvalued when a negotiation, somebody is overvaluing their worth, and somebody on the other end is trying to depress your value. That's why you have people doing negotiations. Take Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. If, if LeBron Jackson has an agent, I think this whole that whole situation surrounding him is better. So all we're doing is putting middlemen in here as a buffer to facilitate the transactions that need to be handled anyway. I, I don't want to see a general manager of uh, uh, negotiating with a player's NIL agent. Um, it, the only way that should work is if the NIL agent is calling the general manager trying to find out what the practice schedule and other schedules are for that student because I have a company that like would to do a photo shoot. So I'd like to find out when is he or she not occupied or when is when is he or she available to do that. You know, like if you have practice and you have schoolwork Weights. and you have meetings later in the day wait yeah you want to know study you hall that you can get all that scheduling from the general manager and and again the the, the nil laws rules need to continue to be about not being about performance and play because that is the separating factor right now for college and, profo- and and professional once it starts becoming a, and, and yes i know it's tongue-in-cheek when we say that because you go look at the the highest paid nil guys they are they the perform. top performers they perform <laughs> so there is sort of yes in order for someone to see you guess what you have to do perform but you also have to you that, also have to that walk on is not getting the nil deal 
bad because he's not performing. No, not not unless not unless he has some type of unique skill that he has developed in some sort of social. He's got to have following. a lot of followers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, or or he could, or he or she could just be really attractive, and you know what? All of a sudden, that that's why they call it name, image, and likeness. Brian. I'm gonna. I, you just made me think about something, and I'm gonna go back into my wayback machine on this one. When I was at Tuskegee, we had a former reality star on our basketball team for four years. Okay. During my tenure at Tuskegee, and he was. When I say he was a former reality, he was fresh off of the the uh, the his reality sure. show. Yes. Right. Wow. Okay. Uh, I want to say, was it uh, Baldwin Hill? It was. What was the, what was the college one? Hill. It, it was be- college, college Hill. Was College no, it, Hill it the was one based- at BET? No, no. This this was based. It was uh, from a high school in California. Followed him in his high school uh, career because. And and I don't want to put. I don't necessarily want to put it, put it, who he was out there. But if you go back to our roster, you'll figure out who he who he was. But. Uh, because his father had played in the NBA. And then he wanted to be an actor, but and there was a college, there was a reality show based around his high school career. But And he wound up coming to Tuskegee to go to college. Baldwin and Hills is the name of the show. It was yeah, Baldwin I think Hills. It's, I think it was Baldwin Hills, a TV series. Uh, back in like the... Uh, I'm, I'm 2007, back in, back in yeah. Yes. 2007, yeah. I'm, I'm on IMDb. So go ahead with your story. Go ahead. Okay, but I, I think about if NIL, it was already tough enough when we would travel, sometimes go through the airport, and people would recognize him. And that wow, first really? year, okay. his freshman year, we actually, because he was like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Mm-hmm. He about 6'4", yeah, 6'5". We would hide him in certain <laughs> situations around the footers. We would make wow. the footers walk around him so people would not recognize him because it became a But I just think about if we would have had to deal with NIL along with that, because he would have had, you know, he had enough, enough followers. And this is pre-Twitter and everything else, but he had followers uh, for, for days. So and, and we dealt with it for four years. So I just think about what would have happened. You had the equivalent of that. you had the equivalent of uh, 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 at uh, LSU or the Cavender Twins at uh, Miami. That that that's essentially you have the equivalent of somebody who's that big, a, a reality star. Uh, actually at your school. And yeah. I'm sure he monetized it, uh, but he would have even been bigger. Now, wh- what could that have meant for Tuskegee in an NIL era? You know, how much other opportunities could have come to not only his teammates, the program, just because he was he was who he was? Right. Here's the problem, Brian. Those first two years, he did not play a whole lot. And and it, 
and that's not saying anything about his talent, but there was that much talent ahead of him at his position, if yeah. I'm making sense. Oh, yeah. And he was probably there for the Tuskegee education as well. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Nowadays, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, nowadays definitely you would have lost him. You would have lost him after two years. You would have been in the transfer portal. <laughs> you guys would have lost him. Let's go to the break, man. Let's go to the break. Go to the break, uh, man. Let's, 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 take, let's take a short time out. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD, we'll be back in a moment. Find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Mobile banking from Truist actually works for you. It gives you simple, smart, personalized insights to keep you one step ahead. Because we think that's the kind of control you deserve over your money. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Truist. Download the mobile app now. At Tyson, we know taste is local. Some like their beef pit smoked, their chicken spiced all the way up, or their pork sweet and saucy. Local flavors, global impact. That's what feeding the world is all about. It's like a loot machine. All around town, people trying to get down. It's like a loot machine. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Time to call a 
credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. <laughs> wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, try CDW Amplify Development Services. Major, 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 This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, well, Brian's here. Uh, I'm sure AD will be back in just a moment. Um, you're watching us. Uh, please go follow the uh, BCSN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one. And uh, download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. MyJBN, MyBCSN. We are proud to be bringing exclusive coverage of the SIAC Men's Volleyball Championships, Track and Field Championships, Softball Championships, and Baseball Championships over the next, what, three weekends, beginning with Men's Volleyball coming up uh, oh, this Thursday, Thursday and Friday. Thursday. Thursday, Friday. Yeah, so uh, those of you who may have forgotten or didn't know, uh, they you know, SIAC has uh, six men's volleyball teams. Uh, one of the, uh, a matter of fact, they are the only HBCU conference with men's volleyball. And so uh, last season, uh, I believe it was Central State who won last year. 
Uh, I'm, right. I know Edward Waters got to the championship game. Um, yeah, and Edward Waters is undefeated right, uh, this year with Central State being in second place. Right. Okay. So, and that uh, tournament will be held at Fort Valley State. Uh, they will be the host of that. The uh, track and field championships will be held at Morehouse. And the softball and baseball championships will be held in Albany, Georgia, uh, with some and, sites being at the on the campus of Albany State. And they just held their golf championship at Callaway Gardens in Georgia this past uh, this past weekend, I do believe, Mike. Okay. And, All and right. in those golf championships, let's see who wound up winning that. Check it. That's that's beginning tomorrow. Tomorrow, Brian. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that begins tomorrow. They just held that. That was tennis. They just held uh, this past weekend. That's what that one was. Yes, that was tennis that was held this past weekend in Atlanta at the Peachtree at the Peachtree Center and. The winner of you have Albany State and Benedict will be facing each other today, along with Tuskegee and Clark. Uh, we've had some uh, times adjusted due to weather. All right. Uh, let me let me transition to a couple of notes or a couple of news notes that I want you to react to, Drew. First off, uh, our. Black College Sports Network, uh, Division Two women's. Can I cut you off for a second? Spring Hill won the championship. No, Spring Hill won the tennis championship. Tuskegee was runner-up. All right, say that again because I you were. No, I'm sorry. I'm ready. The heck you were talking about? Don't don't worry about it. I just read it. That was last year. That was last year. Get out of there. Exit, exit, close that browser. Close that browser window, damn it. Uh, <laughs> damn, I tried to stop you, but you just wanted to keep on down the road. And then you fell over yourself. All right. Uh, I want you to read. I'd rather, I was trying to send you in a different direction. See, you just won't. This way, Drew. That way, that way. Okay. Uh, we, your Tuskegee Golden Tigers uh, lost recently. The two-time BCSN uh, Division II Women's Basketball Coach of the Year, Trelane Powell. Uh, she is uh, coming off of an unbeaten SIAC season uh, in which, uh, you know, she won Tuskegee, helped lead Tuskegee to their first championship since uh, 2007, I believe it was. Uh, but anyway, she is going to be the new head coach at the University of New Orleans. Uh, I believe she was at Tuskegee for about five or six seasons. Uh, the Breakers, I think, is what their nickname is, New Orleans, University of New Orleans, uh, Division One program. Drew, so uh, we just lost one to the D1 levels. Your thoughts on Coach Powell leaving um, Tuskegee? I'll just get into my feelings for a moment, Brian. You're allowed. I got to. I got to. For those 
who bashed Coach Powell for taking this opportunity to go to a Division One program. Shut up. Because when I saw this announcement, I there were some people who were very negative about her making the decision to go to a Division One program, Brian. Knowing good and doggone well that if they were coaching at an institution and got an opportunity to coach at an institution on a higher level, and and I can say that about this one because Division Two is higher than Division One by definition, with more money and more resources they would say, where do I sign? So for those who are bashing her for this opportunity, please be quiet. Just, 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 don't no, shut up. I want to give you respect for saying be quiet. Now, then I've got that off my chest, Brian. Great opportunity for, for Coach Powell. Very personable person, uh, very down to earth, uh, she turned around a proud Tuskegee basketball program that had been on the, uh, had a lull and took it to heights that the program had not seen Brian since the early 1980s. Mm-hmm. Now, t- under coach, uh, and that was under coach Tiny Lassiter. That's back when Tuskegee would beat the likes of an Auburn in basketball just just to uh give y'all some numbers and tuskegee was playing for division two national championships in the early 80s fact check that for me y'all if y'all don't believe uh now up under coach belinda roby who had over 200 wins at tuskegee university uh there, there was success but most of that success was on a conference level uh, so, Coach Powell, in a very short amount of time, took a team that I believe, Ryan, had, I know that team had single-digit wins the year before she took it. I don't remember what that win total was off the top of my head. But that first year, 20 games. and has won in 20 games every year minus the COVID year. So... That type of leader coming from a Mercer before, I believe she was at Mercer before yes. she came to yes. T- Tuskegee. And I, and I said, I'm going to go off the top of my head. So to get back at that level and do, do what she does, I wish her all the set success in the world. I have just become a uh, – you said the Breakers? That sounds like a doggone – Arena Football League uh, team name, Brian. I was trying to I was trying to let that go. Uh, I don't I, that might not be the nickname. I was hoping you were you didn't catch that. I was hoping you didn't catch that. I, I'm slow today, Brian. I am so yeah, slow. You should have you should have uh, just let you that go. UNO, I have just become a UNO fan, though. Seriously, uh, I think she's going to do a uh, tremendous job 
there and just the fact that they actually seriously consider a not only a coach from the HBCU rank, but a coach from the Division Two level of the HBCU rank shows some forward thinking by those in in New Orleans. Uh, I, I don't know if there were any terms of the, you know, of the of the job position, um, but I, I'll, I'll say in looking at the previous coach, the previous coach had signed a four-year deal uh, in the range. Now I'm reading off a particular site. Now this may this may not include incentives and other things. Of an annual salary of seventy six thousand seven fifty. Now this is back when the previous coach signed that deal back in twenty seventeen. Uh, so hopefully there is a significant, or at least somewhat of a salary increase. You know, for Coach Powell, uh, you, you you don't have to give numbers, Drew, but you might have an idea of what. Uh, a Division Two women's basketball coach at Tuskegee might have made. Um, I don't it's know. not. It, it's not in that range. It's below that number. Okay. All right. So, so definitely, she's. I'm, she's not, gonna, I'm not putting her business on the street, but it's. Yeah, it's no, I, I got gotcha. you. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just looking. You know, normally, normally you get, you know, terms, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's possible. I mean, you could do a salary. I was just doing a search here, and it's out there, in terms of. Uh, what it's possible uh, for her. Privateers. Thank you, uh, Keith. Things up podcast. The UNO privateers. I could have, I could have done a better Google search, <laughs> but I don't know why the, the, but no, honestly, the breakers are, uh, that's that like is, the older yeah, ringer right. team. <laughs> it is. It is. It might be. I don't know why I said the breakers. <laughs> that's, shame on me. Um, <laughs> hey uh also uh and david garner is like our official uh uh news and news and notes guy because he, he's 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 dropping stuff out here that yeah I, I i remember us talking about this as well um he did mention the fact that oprah winfrey is going to be uh doing uh speaking at tennessee state for their spring commencement to the he's, she's the keynote speaker for the undergraduate commencement on Saturday, May 6th. Shout out to your boy for that day. Quiet is kept. Um, and so I, I asked this question to our internal group session of people. Uh, any chance that now this, this can be me just projecting on the weight that Oprah, I don't mean literally, that Oprah has on uh, influencing others, right? I mean, she's Oprah, and people kind of go, ooh. But we understand Tennessee State has had struggle, struggles in terms of getting the money they deserve, all of the money they deserve, getting um, the freedom to use their money the way that they should. And I, I will not be surprised if coming out of her speech, um, and I know it's been some hot topic issues in Nashville going on with the legislature, the Tennessee three and all that stuff. But I won't be surprised if during her speech, 
there is a call out to the yes yes thank you chuck hunt um if there is a call out to the legislature the governor somebody in tennessee to what uh, you know give tennessee state allow tennessee state to do what they've done for years which is to serve their constituents in the best possible way and and not hold them back as what this state has done for years i will not be surprised i and in fact I would be highly disappointed if Miss Winfrey, who, I mean, look, I mean, I, she could give two flips what I think, but I would be personally disappointed if, if she did not take the platform and the opportunity to mention, drew any comments. Am I, am I reaching there with my, with my thoughts and hopes of what, that day and what that speech means for Oprah? Is that a, oh, I'm reaching, is that, is that you reaching? <laughs> I'm reaching, I'm reaching, okay. I know, I'll put, right. I'll put some reach on this one, uh, Brian. All right. You, you, you know what, those who will be in attendance with those gowns and caps, caps and gowns on, is what we want to hear from Oprah on that particular day. Now, everything you said is what mommy, daddy, auntie, uncle, and all those other people want. She's not paying off bills. She's not paying off tuition. That's what they want to hear. That's <laughs> what they want to hear. I am canceling your debt. Uh, why not? Okay, what, you, what are the odds you of that happening? You get loan forgiveness. You get loan forgiveness. And you get loan forgiveness. Two to one? Two to one odds that she goes that route? Two to one. I mean, we we we've seen the celebrities do it before. Who? What was the guy? What was it? Was it Morehouse or was it Howard? Where the, the uh, billionaire? The You're talking about the the billionaire? Well, what you is think? Oprah Oprah a billionaire? Is, is yes. she a billionaire? Yes. Okay. All right. I might need to go enroll at. I need to tell my sister. She need. To, did she walk yet? I think she. No, she's an alum. I'm sorry. She can't do anything. You can't go back and get it. Too. You can't go back and get a degree. Can you? Too. Too soon. Too late. Too late is a better question. Yes. Uh, yeah, um, that's what. That's what those students are hoping. And the question is, with it being at 8 a.m. Central Time, do you have to show up at 8 a.m.? Like, if you don't show up, because that's early. If you're not there and she does give you a loan forgiveness, you get loan forgiveness, you get loan forgiveness. Drew, if she does that, you are the man. And that's how we're leading off the show uh, that day with Oprah talking about you get loan forgiveness, you get loan forgiveness, you get loan. You know, that that's genius, Drew. Um, yes. So uh, Edwin Morris says, yes, she's a billionaire. All right. So. Um, again, I, I do so that that's what we're looking out for now. Now we have some something to look out for. Will a will Oprah uh, mention Tennessee call State? Out. Uh, what do you call it? the she call out? out the call out is Tamara T says the call out, and then B will she forgive some loans? And I guess C she's got to do. You get forgiveness. You get forgiveness. You get forgiveness. That that has to happen. But, but to you happen. know something, Brian. Even if she don't forgive him. 
they'll be perfectly happy with you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. I'd be mad if Oprah, I'd be mad if Oprah saddled me with, with, with debt, with a car, you know, yeah, because you got to pay the item. Yes, yeah, yes, don't, you got to pay for that. taxes. You pay tax. Yes, the taxes, the car the insurance. Tax. I'm like, Not I'm like tax. Oprah. What are you? Yeah, whatever. You're like Oprah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, let's do, let's go back for a second, Drew. Two good points that came up in the chats that I want to get to. Uh, Fangs up podcast. Keith, our good uh, good friend Keith, brought up a question about we were talking about the general manager idea that University of Villanova or Villanova University is implementing with his basketball programs. Um, he brought out, he asked a question, and I want to make sure I find it here, about has the, okay, he said, did not Jackson State introduce some of the CEO coach concept with Coach Prime, much like a Clemson or Alabama? I, I think that's different. I think that's different than, this I look at the coach CEO as being the concept of saying I'm the coach slash CEO. You offensive coordinator handle your offense, defense handle your defense, special teams handle your special teams. Uh, running back, you know, everybody is more empowered to do and make the decisions they need to make. And then I will give the overall, this is what, when, when he says we need to be dominant. So he's, he's, he's setting the culture, the, the tone setter, which is what your CEO should do. Your CEO of your company should set the culture and the environment that everybody operates under. And I thought Dion did a great job of that. He set a, he set a, uh, a transformative, mindset within the Jackson State football program and even the athletic program. Because I think you heard, you started hearing other coaches using some of that same uh, jargon, being dominant and having a dominant, dominating mindset. That's your CEO. I think this is different. Do you agree, disagree with that thought there? Yeah, but... The stuff that Dion was doing with those extra people, those were all about promoting himself, the program, mm-hmm. and you know things like that. Those weren't necessarily focused. They were focused on the athlete, but not around the athlete. If, if I'm making sense when I say that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. So I got you. I, I got think you. this. I think this position is more a focus on the athlete, and yeah. this may like, be one of the first. And this is probably. And there are people who are already doing this, Brian. They have just not titled it like Villanova has titled it. And I would like to know who is walking in genius for Villanova to title it because now that basketball program just got a leg up on the competition. And this came right during signing day. 
Sunday night. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. So any of those people who were on the fence about this coming from Villanova, I guarantee you they they said, We got this big announcement coming. You're gonna wanna sign. We got this big announcement, it's coming out, it's coming out. Uh well, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if that I yeah, but well, if if you're talking about how it's going to improve our NIL, yeah, I, I could get it. And and again, that's something that these kids today are aware of and are talking about. I think what I find interesting from the basketball world is we're familiar with the basketball ops guy, who is actually a part of the coaching staff, but. I, and I, I don't mean to devalue. Handles a lot of way, business affairs. Yeah, he, he's if there was a if there was a a line, he's on the line. Not necessarily below the other assistant coaches, but he's really below. He 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 works with the head coach more directly than really doing anything for the other assistant coaches. Like the assistant coaches have their role in terms of scouting, recruiting. My basketball ops guy is handling handling. My other anything, anything from uniforms to hotel reservations. Exactly, he's doing more stuff to make sure we're all squared away. I had a friend of mine who was who was the basketball ops guy at Auburn. But everybody doesn't have that, you know. That every every I mean, some I mean, not every HBCU can afford that that basketball ops guy. So. Not only do you potentially have a basketball ops guy, but now you've got the GM, and and the GM is there to help the head coaches. And so, do they still, it, have, and, and, do they still have the basketball ops guy, or did the basketball ops guy no. evolve to the GM? No, I'm I bet just you if you go back, I I don't know, but I'm gonna go look at that. I bet they still have a basketball ops guy. You, there's no way you okay. don't have a basketball ops guy. I just can't see that not happening. You know. Um, but uh, I, let me let me go to this next question while we're talking. It's a great one that's brought up by Jeremiah Clark. Do the SWAC slash MEAC schools really need to be trying to compete, and he emphasized the word compete, in the NIL space or focus our energy elsewhere? Uh, one of the... What's the elsewhere? What yeah that that was the that was the overwhelming thought that i had about what is elsewhere um what could be elsewhere um what else could we focus on i I get recruiting winning games having clinics fundraising um i mean some of those things i think should be happening from an athletic department perspective but I do think at some point our schools, and this is why you have collectives and you have people outside of, you know, now I know you have booster programs, you know, um, and you have, You have booster programs. You have see that that's the thing. The NIL collectives are different from your booster organizations. Remember, I think the collective is supposed to, or the NIL group 
is supposed to be the merge between the business world and business sponsors and the students. They really should, other than following whatever the guidelines that the athletic department sets, which most schools do have an NIL policy, and as long as you're following that, okay, you could create a collective and make yourself available and let the university know, hey, we are here to help support student athletes that go to say, you know, Jackson State as this collective, you know, the Tiger Collective, whatever. I'm just just throwing a name out there. Okay. And now at this point, you're going out and getting sponsors, advertisers, companies, and saying, hey, look, we have, we want to help our student athletes. You have, uh, like, I, I'll give you an example. Here's an example I just saw. There's a UCF student. I saw he, he, he's a quarterback and plays baseball. I, I was looking at his Instagram. He did a one-minute Instagram reel that was a promotion for Dove. Dove men's body washing, deodorant, and spray. And it just, it, it was themed like a day in the life. And it talked about he gets up in the morning, puts on some Dove deodorant. He gets his day started. You know, he feeds his cat. Then he heads off to football practice. Then he goes from football practice to baseball practice. Then he showed a picture of him in the locker room, putting on some lotion to stay hydrated. I mean, it was like, oh, and then I used the Dove lotion to stay hydrated throughout the day. Then he goes from that to meetings, meetings to, well, it just kind of showed his day. But that's, guess what? In different spots, there was Dove. There was the Dove deodorant, Dove lotion, uh, Dove uh, whatever, you know. I don't know. I was going to say bathroom wipes. I don't think Dove's doing bathroom wipes. But anyway, it was the whole day. And at the end of the day, the kid is like, I put on some moisturizer at the end of the day. I go to bed. I'm done. That's that's what it is. And, and literally, he's doing the pitch at the end of, hey, guys, you want to, you know, not that he's saying like, hey, smell like me. But he's saying, hey, you want to take care of yourself. Take care of yourself with Dove. All right, I'm out. Or take care of yourself right. with Dub because I do. Yes, John Rise Plumley. Uh, that's exactly who I'm talking about, uh, Keith. I, that's I, yeah. Um, and yes, it was a collective through UCF. So, but that's the kind of relationship that you know. There are plenty of restaurants. There rest. There are local restaurants within the city of Jackson or the city of Tallahassee, the city of Prairie View, city of Houston. Man. You could drive traffic with, you know, hey, this is Andrew Body. I, I play football, you know, here in Houston. Maybe they can't say the word Texas Southern. I don't know. But it's a, hey, this is Andrew Body. I play football here in Houston. And, you know, my family and I, whenever we go out to eat, hey, we go to such and such restaurant. You should come out here, too, and check them out. They got great prices, great friendly atmosphere. You know, come join it. Come see where the bodies eat. And then you had a picture of the whole family like, hey, yes. And then boom, that's it. That's what your collective does. So does do do that. So do HBC, I think alumni, we have so many brilliant and bright people. Every school in the HBCU marketplace should have a collective with people that are trying to do something for our student athletes. That's just my thought. Drew, what, what are your thoughts on, on the topic and the question? 
I don't think we need to focus on NIL, Brian. Not yet. Okay. Okay. What we need to focus on is making sure that we get our student athletes cost of attendance. Mm. Because cost okay. of attendance is something that every student athlete gets. NIL okay. is something that few student athletes get. So if we're going to focus our energy, let's focus our energy on the three, 400 students that we have on a particular campus and being able to get them something so that they don't have to take out all these student loans. Because if you've ever known anyone to compete at the collegiate level or have competed at the collegiate level, let me tell y'all a little secret. You can't have a part-time job and compete at the collegiate level. Time is what not so free. What is the cost, Drew? I mean, there's got to be a major hurdle. And, and see, this is the thing. I feel like the NIL stuff is a lower hurdle to jump over than um, what it takes to be able to get the cost of attendance. Like, like I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you know more. Okay, let's, on this. Let's, let's, what does it take? How, how much money? Who, who has to come up with the money? That it has come. It has come from the university or, or the athletic department or funneled through the university. You know that could be via boosters, via uh, via fundraising, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Let's let's do the simple math, Brian. Say you've got two hundred and fifty student athletes on your campus. Say, out now your scholarship covers room board, room board tuition, food. That's what that's what your scholarship covers. Now, let's say cost of attendance. That's all the other stuff that goes along with living and going to school as a student. Let's just say it's $5,000, Brian. So, 250 students times $5,000 Hold on, let me get the hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get the, let me get my calculator. I'll, I was gonna tell you, I was okay. gonna tell you what the number is. Oh, you got it. Go ahead, go ahead. Say it again. Uh, the two hundred fifty students uh, times five thousand dollars. Yeah, zero 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 two five. It's one point two five. It's one point two five, right? Five million. Yep. Yeah, one point two five million. That's what we need to focus. Can we raise another one point two five million dollars without hurting anything else? in our budget so these students could get five thousand dollars twenty five hundred a semester just a little you have to do that you have to do that every year you have to get i mean unless you're going to budget 1.25 you got to think what can we do you have to build it you have to build towards an endowment to do that so what is if if you're building if you're building, if you're doing 1.25, if you know it's going to take 1.25 million, I mean, obviously you've got to get this so where this ultimately gets endowed. Now, it's not going to get endowed tomorrow, Brian. But mm-hmm. we have to be smart and make those investments so that we can get the endowment so that this cost of attendance is coming off of the interest of our endowment, not us having to go out and hustle this money every year. Now, let's be real. Building that endowment takes years. So until then, bro, we got to hustle. We got to hustle that 1.25.
that's what we every, that, every if you're talking if that's the elsewhere and I don't remember who gave the comment, but if that's the elsewhere, that's Jeremiah uh, Clark. Okay, if that's the elsewhere Jeremiah Clark was talking about, that would be my elsewhere. I don't know what his is, but that would be my elsewhere. That's uh that's interesting. That's a interesting conversation or in, in uh, a great look at uh two different sides, you know, maybe uh, wow, I mean, I I would I would love to know and I know a couple people on the foundation boards. I'd love to know what that would take. I mean, I don't know would you have to raise 20 years worth you know, would you have to have 20 years worth of money to do an endowment? You know, I, I don't know what that would require, um, but it's uh, it's interesting. Hey, Drew, let's uh, are we are we I'm ready? Trying. to I'm just gonna say something. I'm just say something real ignorant. I, I'm gonna stand out of the way then. What it's gonna take is one of our loans. Who has a who has a significant insurance policy, or significant real estate, or something along those lines, to will it to the university to start an endowment to help fund that endowment? Okay. I don't know if that was ignorant or not, but it was not. It was, well, you know, I, again. I, I think you can do. I think you that's can work how, on two. That's parts. how those Ivy League schools got a lot of their endowments started. People left insurance money to the university for the so-and-so scholarship fund. People left land and other assets to their, to their college and university to help start those uh, endowment funds. But we, <laughs> when we passed, Brian, a lot of times we got to do chicken dinners and, and, and pass the hats. Well, um, three supporters giving four hundred twenty thousand per year. Is that what that averages out to? The one point two. That's about right. I, I I I still think you can work on two fronts. Um, I I think there there are more African Americans making money in the millions and billions over the past twenty five years than any other quarter century in American history. Would you agree with that that. statement? So with that said, those people over the past 25 years who have made this money, saved it, invested it, are investing it in another 25, 50 years, those eggs will start to, you know, what? turn into chickens and but again drew we're talking 25 50 years from now i mean you know that's the long game uh, <laughs> um so david garner that's why i was thinking about the usfl new orleans breakers because Aquil glass and i did read an article about him playing with them uh, so I, I knew I knew. Man, did I you knew see the attendance at the USFL games this uh, last couple of weeks, Brian? I heard some jokes about them. I heard they were they were XFL is kicking their ass in the attendance. Well, again, but what cities 
you know, again, what cities are you talking about here? You know, um, okay, for, New Orleans. the people in I was watching St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis, there was thirty five thousand there. There, the whole lower Did bowl was packed. The mid, the mid section, the club level was packed. Yeah, they don't uh, use the upper deck. Yeah, no, you don't. No, I wouldn't either. But uh, DC, the DC game 30, was on that. Yeah, DC, DC uh, twenty, but yeah. You know, that's the challenge for the XFL or uh, USFL is they have to come on the heels now. And you got to hope that those markets are have have a thirst for a second year, you know, and and that's what you, you know, that's what I guess you're going to figure that out. They're not playing in those markets, Brian. That's part of the problem. Let's let's move on to the next subject. Let's move on to the next subject. Yeah. I, can we can we get into the top five? Because I know we're coming up on, you know, the the end of hour two, and I don't want to be here too long. I, I know we're here well, for a good time, wanna, not a long time. Um, do I don't know if there the, were any other. Yeah, were there any other topics that that we missed, or any any other subject matters that you wanted to hit on before we go to that? Because I, I feel like we can close the showdown after we do the rankings. Brian, I didn't even know what subject matters we were going to talk about when we came into this show. So I don't know if we missed it or didn't miss it. Don't don't tell people that. See, then, then <laughs> you got people thinking we. Then, then you'd have people thinking we don't prepare and we just jump on the air and do a show, which is which is not entirely accurate. Uh, we we <laughs> so, never stay. All right. Our point is, we never stay on script. We I ain't gonna say we never stay on script. A lot of times we get off script. Right. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, Give us a chance to get our graphics set up so that we can uh, drop the sixth edition of the BCSN Top 5 Softball and Baseball Rankings right after these words. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. So we've got a good thing going. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website 
www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. This is the Dean of the College of HBC. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, getting ready to close down the show. I want to remind everybody, go check out the BCSN Pod Zone everywhere you listen and download the podcast. Uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Just do a search for BCSN Pod Zone uh, and uh, you know get a good aggregate of all of our shows, including our show, uh, you'll also have uh, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, uh, the ONG Strike Zone, uh, the Carlos Brown Show, and more. So uh, thank you for uh, for downloading, rating, liking, subscribing, and sharing. All right, let's get into the BCSN Top 5 in our softball and baseball ratings. The weather kind of held up. And so most games were played. Teams, uh, it's looking interesting out here uh, as we're getting closer and closer to the end of April, conference tournaments, conference championships, all of that good stuff is is not far uh, away. So let's start in the, in softball, the non-division one, Top five with games played through today. And in the hunt, you've got Albany State, Lane College. Yesterday. That should be through yesterday, Brian. Wrong date on the record. All right. So through yesterday, you've got Albany State, Lane College, Miles College, Winston-Salem, and Jarvis Christian. Coming in at number five, uh, dropping uh, from – Four to five. Uh, Edward Waters, twenty-seven and seven overall, eleven and three. Former former number one team down into the five spot. They've dropped each of the last two weeks. Uh, Claflin moves up ahead of them into the four spot, twenty-one and nine overall, seven and one conference record. Still holding strong is the three, the number three team, Tuskegee, with the eighteen and fourteen record, eleven and three conference. Number two stays stay solid. That's Stillman College with a uh, HBCU best 30 wins. They are 30 and 10, 12 and 6 in a, a very competitive conference. And the number one team is still Bowie State, 27-11, unbeaten in the CIAA. And uh, so congratulations to the Bowie State Bulldogs. Uh, moving over. 
to Division One. Our Division One top five in the hunt. We've got uh, North Carolina Central, Grambling State, Bethune Cookman, Alabama AM, and Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, dropping a spot from fourth to fifth, Albany State, 23 and 18. Moving into the top five is Florida AM, 17 and 6. They had a series this weekend. Florida AM took two of three. Actually, the last game was that game I mentioned where uh, Alabama State had an 8 to 1 lead. FAMU rallied with seven runs to tie it up. Went extra innings. Weather caused a delay. And so they had to play the final two innings Sunday morning. Uh, but And Alabama State ended, ended up winning that one. So uh, FAMU almost closed the gap. Uh, and again, our game, this is games through yesterday. So the records might not be completely. Actually, the Florida A&M-Alabama State game is through today. That today's game was uh, counted was put in there. I didn't realize until afterwards that uh, when I was looking at it that that game today had already been played. Okay, all right, good to know. Uh, number three, moving up two spots is the Norfolk State Spartans. They are now eighteen and six, ten and one in conference. Morgan State stays at number two with a 20 and 17 record, 10 and 3 in conference. And Prairie View AM losing their first game in, I mean, that who who they play this weekend? Who did Prairie View play this weekend? Why would you ask me that far? I'm sorry. I, 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 well, I just thought it was significant because of the fact that they lost their first game after, you know, Winning X amount. They had a 14-game winning streak going into the weekend. And so I was just curious. Are you looking I'll it up? Yes, I am looking it up. All right. Because um, I actually so saw it uh, earlier today when I was looking at it. And you didn't retain it. No, I did not retain it because I was like, who did it lose to? Uh, Prairie Review had Grambling this weekend. And that game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They had Grambling this weekend. All right. Ball in the dirt. Ball in the dirt. Uh, so, Grambling got one. And they lost. They, uh, Grambling won the last game of the series 9-1. to one. Oh, man. All right, yeah. so that means if I do the math correctly, Prairie View had a 17 and 0 conference streak ended. They had a 16 game winning streak ended. If yeah. I've got those numbers correctly, uh, yeah. Yeah, Edwin Moore said, "Hopefully they lost the Southern." Nope, they lost to Grambling. Yeah. All right, a uh, couple of things on the yeah. women's side, Brian. Uh, sure. We had some first that occurred this weekend. Okay, let's hear them. Valley got their first victory of the season. Oh, okay. Who do they who do they beat? Uh, matter of fact, that was their first victory. Period of the, se- period, of the season. Period. Yes. 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 Alabama. Uh, they lost to Alabama A and M. 
Or was it Jackson State? That would uh that would have had to have been no, they lost Bethune last weekend. It was on it was on Monday. They lost to Bethune Monday. Okay. Yes. All right. And also, I believe in the SIAC, there may have been somebody who picked up their first win of the season. Give me a second. And I will tell you, Allen still only has one victory. No, that, that was in the CIAA. Where someone picked up their first victory of the season, possibly. I just know we had a couple of losing streaks that came to an abrupt end this weekend, Brian. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the CIAA. Stand going to drop these hintful nuggets. Uh, you got you to have this stuff ready to fire off. <laughs> otherwise, yes, otherwise I can only I can only be on pins and needles for so long. As you should be, Brian. As you only should be. Texas, All right, let's come back to it uh, after we come back to it. Hold it. Hold on to it, and then let's come back to it after we do the baseball. That way, I can you got time to look while I'm reading. Oh, let's see. Nope. It was no. The morning on is still over. See, you just take my suggestion. Take my suggestion and just put it to the. Let's put the graphic for. The, let's go to baseball. Come back and let's do that. Come back. Come back to that. Hold that note. Put a pin in it, and then let's do the baseball. While you're looking, I'll read. All right. This is the baseball top five. Starting in the non-D1, Division One level. Uh, in the hunt, we've got Miles College, Edward Waters, Bluefield State, Florida Memorial, and Virginia State. Uh, some good records by those teams there, by the way. Um, most of them at 500 or very close to it. Uh, number five, moving into the top five this week is Kentucky State, 17-15, with a 15 and 8 conference record. West Virginia State drops two spots from two all the way down to four with their 20 and 13, 15 and 4 conference record. Talladega jumps a spot. They up to 22 and 14 and one with a 13 and 4 conference record. Savannah State jumps over uh the three spot, or actually moves up a spot, I should say, back to two. With a 23 and 8 record, 19 and 6 in conference. And the number one team, still the number one team uh, for the sixth consecutive week, the Albany State Golden Rams, 24 and 8 record, 22 and 2 conference record. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Any anything you want to add in there, Drew? Did you did you happen to find your your notes on the softball? It, it was a, it was a baseball team. Claflin picked up their first victory of the season in Division Two baseball. That was the other team that I was thinking about. 
So Claflin did reset that. Claflin did what now? Claflin picked up their first victory of the season in baseball. Valley picked up their first victory of the season in softball. Okay. Uh, while we're talking about uh, the, well, you just moved to the uh, D1, but I was going to mention while we're talking about non-D1 here, uh, got to make mention of Edward Waters' uh, head coach, Reginald Johnson, uh, who this past week picked up career win number 300 with an 8-4 to four victory over Voorhees. Um you know, Johnson, he's from the Jacksonville area. He has been Edward Waters' coach since 2012, uh, compiling a record of 231, 191, and 1 coming into this season. Um, prior to that, Johnson was the, uh, let's see, was among the best in the NAIA's Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Uh, where they won 2015. Obviously, this is with uh, Edward Waters, 2015 conference titles, uh, four consecutive 30-win seasons. Uh, he was the small college coach of the year by Black College Nines in uh, following the 2015 season. And, of course, last year uh, he helped lead Edward Waters to the uh, Black College World Series National Championship. Uh, so uh, congratulations to Coach Johnson and uh, continued, uh, continued success over at Edward Waters. All right, let's go D1 now. Division One teams, Drew. In the hut, Coppin State, Prairie View, Southern, North Carolina A&T and Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, moving into the top five. Ooh, juicy, juicy, juicy. Uh, Texas Southern comes in at number five, having dropped a spot. Uh, to, they're 22 and 14, but they're eight and five in conference. Moving up into the number four spot is Grambling State, in large part to what? Uh, they're 11 and three conference record, 16 and 18 overall, but they are sitting. I believe they're sitting in first place in the SWAC West with that 11 and three record. Uh, yes, they are. Now it gets interesting. Coming in at three, Florida A&M, 17 and 17, 11 and three conference record. Uh, big weekend sweep against Alabama A&M. Coming in at number two, almost having enough points to get into the one spot is Alabama State. They are 23 and 12, also 11 and 3 in conference play. And then the number one team holding on to that spot by a fifth of a point is Bethune Cookman. They are 19 and 14, 10 and 2 overall. So uh, that I have to go look at the updated standings now, Drew, because as you see, based on our on on our rankings there, uh, I want to see if it's still holding true. Yes, it is. Um, Bethune Cookman has actually played two games less than 
Alabama State and Florida A and M. That's an Alabama A and M series that they lost. Lost meaning weather delayed. Weather. Lost. Yes. 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 Uh, so, in terms of win percentage, which is how the SWAC ranks their win percentage, uh, Bethune Cookman with a 11 and two record is a 0.846 win percentage in conference play. Alabama State and Florida A&M tied at 12 and three. Uh, we talked about this uh, at uh, at length on Doc's show, uh, Dr. Cavill's show earlier in the week. So it's interesting to kind of see it play out where the top three teams won. I mean, the top three played the bottom three. And sure enough, all three teams, all three the top three swept. Yep, all three swept. <laughs> so there is a clear, there's a clear line there in the SWAC East. Now over in the SWAC West, the fact that Grambling is on his four-game winning streak, they're starting to separate. Uh, Prairie View moved up thanks to winning three in a row. Southern lost one of three, so it's almost like a dead. You got. Two teams at seven and four, a team at seven and five, and Grambling separating now by almost a full two and a half games over Prairie View. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting uh, to say the least, and how it breaks down in the SWAC. Okay, Drew. Um, uh, I know give people, a couple of what, what, what you got. Yeah, what, what do you got? What uh, you got? Sorry about that. All right. Uh, I'm, and I'm going to go back to these quickly. I just want to look at you to look at some of the point differences, Brian. Look at two through five in our softball standing on the division, non-division one level. Uh-huh. Now, but separation between two through five. No, there's not. Not much separation at all. It's clear number one, but two through five are right there together. Same thing on the division one level, three, four, and five. All right there, bunched up together. And when you look at their conference records and overall records, well, you wonder why we've got some interesting rates as we as we come down the stretch, almost I need to step back. There is there are two series left in Division Two and in AIA, so it's going to be real interesting to see how these last series play out for for these teams at this level. CIAA, I don't know what they're doing over there. They play instead of playing a traditional three game series, they just play a doubleheader. A two-game series, so gonna be interested to see how the CIAA shakes out. Moving over to baseball, once again, two, three, and four—not a whole lot of separation between these as far as our numbers go. And you already pointed it out with the number one and the number two team. I mean, point zero five is the difference. And let's be real, Brian, that difference. It's those two games that Bethune did not have an opportunity to play. And it's going to be real interesting to see if at some point in time, because on the Division I level, they've got almost a month left in the season, 
as this season doesn't end to after Mother's Day. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they find the time to play Gallo's two games in a big week at some point in time. Because it would, it would have to be in a big week. Because those two games, if they are not played, will go a long way in possibly determining the one, the two, or the three seed on the east side. And if you're one of those three teams, you know who you don't want to be crossed against, Brian. Where's Southern sitting at? Oh, yeah. Well, Everybody's but, avoiding you know, Southern. Everybody is avoiding Southern on the other side. You think you think you think Southern this year still has that that cachet? Huh? You you still think Southern is a team to be feared? I'm going to quote Charles Bishop. I, you, or anyone in the, in our chat, please, can you name a team who will walk you off more than the Southern Jaguars in baseball? If they do not walk you off. They will walk you down. Hmm. Okay. Come tournament time, Southern is the one team, if I'm in the East, that I am avoiding at all costs. Especially in a loser's bracket scenario. Because Southern I, has I think it's kind of hard. I think off. it's kind of hard to – I think it's kind of hard – to, to avoid that match. I mean, you have to be on some Mark Cuban, Dallas Mavericks type-ish to really be able to figure out a way how to maneuver yourself away from Southern. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just being honest. It's, uh, it's, something about, it's something about Southern and tournament time and swag that's always – Brian, they do have a you good think history, about it, yes. When you think about it, Brian, look back over the last few years. You get after the first couple of days, what do you have? You always got three teams from the East and Southern. And who always winds up in a championship game, win or lose? Southern. I would want to avoid the Jaguars. At all costs. Shout out to uh, Carlos Brown and all those uh, people uh, people over there at Southern. Bo Carter, who played football for Southern, and everybody else. Uh, Roger Cador laid a great foundation at Southern when he was coach over there. Hall of Famer, Roger Cador. Let me, let me back that up and say that the correct way. Laid a great foundation over there at Southern, and they're still playing off of his success. I know uh, we have a mutual Southern Southernite who didn't feel as glowingly about uh, <laughs> Southern baseball as you do, and he was like, he was ready for them all to go, but I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't put his name out there. Out. But I, no, you got no, tip me no, off no, <laughs> I, look, he's, he's in the same chat group with us, so you 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 know you can start to narrow it down however you want to. But, uh, <laughs> he was ready for them all to go. Enough said. <laughs> That's Enough all said. I was say. 
It's all I'm gonna say. All, uh, all I'm gonna say is me, I don't want to see him. It, it's it's like me, knowing you got to play Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. You want to? I don't care what that record is. You don't want to play the Patriots in the playoffs. Let me take a second. I want to mention before, while we're in SWAC baseball land, these midweek. Uh, now I know last week weather kind of canceled a lot of midweek baseball games. This is a healthy schedule of midweeks, and I, I would. Another show, another topic of discussion would be, you know, as much as we complain about um, money games in basketball and football, some at some point, see, if we cared about baseball, we would talk about what's schedules like this. Listen to the schedule this week, okay? All of these games are on the road for most of the SWAT. Alabama Alabama A&M traveling to Murray State Tuesday afternoon game. Bethune-Cookman traveling down south to Miami, Florida. Okay. Florida A&M traveling to Gainesville to play University of Florida. And I don't know. Hey, pull, pull up real quick, uh, Drew, while I'm giving this schedule, pull up massey ratings and go to baseball real quick and just i want to see how many of these schools i'm naming are like top top 20 just just on, if they pull up on that first page okay so again i said florida AM traveling to florida alabama state traveling to mobile to take on the university of south alabama jackson state traveling south to southern louisiana southern university Traveling to oh that game against uh, Starkville against Mississippi State was canceled. Uh, Mississippi Valley State trying to traveling to Nichols State. That's the Tuesday schedule. Okay. Then on let's Wednesday, go, let's go those teams. you want me to go through those teams, or you want to go through all of them? No, I just I'll, I'll name them. You just tell me if any of them are in there. Let's not dig too deep. Okay. I don't want to. Okay, Murray, uh, okay. Murray State. Give, give me those Miami. Give me those teams again. I, I'm giving you. I'm giving you the team. The team Murray State. Okay. Miami of Florida, wait, University wait, of Florida. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You going too fast? Murray I'm State. I'm saying if you see them on the first page, don't don't go to where they are. Don't go, don't go searching. Just see if they're in the first page, top twenty, top twenty-five. Murray State, Miami, down south, Miami, Florida, University of Florida. Okay. University uh, of South. Uh, sorry, I'm listening to you. University Florida, of South Alabama. Okay, Florida, there number you go. 16. How about Miami? Are they in the top 20, 25? No. Okay. South Alabama, University of South Alabama. No. All right. I doubt then that Southern Louisiana and Nichols State are. I'm just going to guess. No. I doubt they are. Uh, how about Texas A&M? Prairie View on Wednesday. Did you say McNeese? Texas A&M. No, not McNeese. Oh, okay. Texas A&M. Prairie View on Wednesday travels to Texas A&M. Okay, keep going. Oh, number number 25. Okay. UAPB traveling to Stephen F. Austin. Not in here. Okay. Uh, I, I doubt this next one is either. Grambling State actually hosts Incarnate Word on Wednesday, so that's the only one that's actually hosting a home game. 
is Grambling State. Everybody else is on the road. All right. Those well, that that's weekend's schedule. Top 100 programs. Yeah, ne- next weekend uh, in the SWAC, the big series is going to be Bethune-Cookman traveling to Alabama State. Uh, that That's a big series there, first, second place teams. Uh, Grambling travels to Southern. So I don't know if Grambling and Southern does a whole Bayou baseball classic kind of thing, but uh, Grambling sitting in first place. Uh, so Southern – Southern is there. We'll see what happens uh, there. And that's uh, those are the pretty much the two highlight uh, SWAC weekend series that uh, that'll be worth talking about, especially that Bethune Alabama State game. That that might be a potential conference championship uh, matchup. Just just saying, might be. All right, Drew. Uh, let, let's give let's give uh, final thoughts here, so we can uh, so we can shut it down and. Uh, and recover from a long weekend. Brian, I'm just looking forward to some volleyball this weekend, man. You know, I've uh haven't never seen men's volleyball on the collegiate level. So I'm going to be real interested uh in seeing that. I've seen it. Obviously I've seen plenty of women's volleyball and volleyball with it being a very athletic sport on the women's side i just want to see the difference in the athleticism between the men and the women this weekend as i'll be traveling to fort valley state on thursday to call some siac volleyball you can catch that right here on the BCSN app, download the BCSN app, my BCSN or my JBN on YouTube at my JBN as the number one and all of our other platforms at my BCSN and the number one. So that's what I am looking forward to, Brian, because I am going to have a very, 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 very busy week between Four, Both my professions. Four varies. Jesus. Wow. Four varies. Five, That's a lot. That's really five. Uh, can I make it five? Because I'll, I'll be going five days in a row for some long <laughs> hours. Uh, starting, starting Tuesday. Starting Tuesday. Uh, just in case people were curious, the can you can you think off the top of your head and name the six volleyball programs in the SIAC? Everwater, Central State, Morehouse, ding, Fort ding, Valley, Ding, Ding, uh, Benedict, Ding, and Lane. Uh. Oh, <laughs> wrong. You had a streak going the there. Somebody in Kentucky State. Kentucky State. Ding, Ding, Ding. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Edward Water is so currently. Bright. Currently is nine and zero with a thirteen and four overall record. Central State sits at eight and two, sixteen and fourteen overall record. Benedict is seven and four, eleven and seven. So those those most likely are your top three programs. Then you have Fort Valley State with a four and six record, seven and nineteen overall. Kentucky State with a two and eight record, 
three and twenty-six overall, and Morehouse zero and ten, zero and eighteen overall. So, yeah. and what's interesting uh, about volleyball, Brian? There's only one national tournament for the NCAA. That yeah, means so, we'll be in the same pool with the likes of a UCLA, a Hawaii, and all those other Pepperdine and all those other traditional powers. Whoever wins the SIA sitcom. Yep. Good stuff. Um, I will make one last mention of spring football games coming up. This upcoming Saturday, or next weekend, I guess I should say, uh, Grambling, UAPB, Bethune-Cookman, and Prairie View, uh, Delaware State, Central State, Kentucky State, Morehouse, and might be the rest of the CIAA. We really don't know, uh, to be perfectly honest, or at least the list, the list, the list that I'm looking at uh, does not have does not have the any rest CIAAs. Of any, uh, yeah, other than other than the two I mentioned previously, Elizabeth City State and Virginia Union. Uh, but I but I do think. Like I like I feel like Bowie had theirs already, or maybe it's theirs coming up this weekend. I I don't know, but uh, yeah, we'll I'll try to track it down and find it. Um, all right, that's uh, that's going to do it for our show again. Thank you Wait a to, uh, to everybody. Watch watch on Thursday, and you can answer your question. If a boy asks, has anyone seen the men's volleyball teams? Is it a power game? Or uh, does the ball move around to keep it interesting? We'll find out Thursday. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. <laughs> he said, we'll all find out together. No, tune I mean, in, they're, they're tune in. Tune in Thursday to Black College Sports Network. And you, too, will know. Great plug, Drew. We perfectly executed. All right, good dismount. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, for your uh, for your participation, your involvement. Great suggestions, great commentary, great questions uh, all the way around. A lot of a lot of thoughts and, and topics. And uh, feel free to to share any individual thoughts you have with uh, myself or AD. Just hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at drb three six five. You can find Drew at BCSN Drew. And uh, you can also follow and support the Black College Sports Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one. Or you can uh, download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app uh, on the Google Play or Apple App Store. Just search MyJBN, MyBCSN. Uh, yeah, Drew. Don't forget to mention the special. Special? What's special? What am I missing? All, all those. Uh, look, at, look at the advertising. Support the BCSN uh, for your business. We've got a business a business special where advertising packages begin as low as $300 per annum. You don't have a graphic for this? Uh, somewhere. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's put a graphic up or something. Um, 
what is this Edwin talking about? About uh, after inside the HBC Sports Lab, it's uh, Tuesday Tuesday night, um, seven o'clock Eastern, six Central. That's what time you can catch Dr. Gaville's inside the HBC Sports Lab on Tuesday and Thursday. And uh, catch the ONG Strike Zone also on Wednesday night. So that's our lineup in the middle of the week. Uh, thank you guys for paying attention to liking, following, sharing the show. Uh, it was fun. Good, 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 uh, good interaction. Trust me, Drew and I uh, really do appreciate you guys and all that you you give. And, and we hope that uh, we can uh, help provide some some good information and content um throughout your day so that's gonna do it for uh 80 drew i'm brian fulford you guys be safe be smart have fun have a great week and uh god bless peace out well but